You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, if you would, to Jeremiah 42. We'll let the teens on target uh, be dismissed at this time to go to your uh, service. Thank you, teens, for being in church tonight. And thank you, adults, for coming to church tonight. I'm looking forward to, always look forward to Wednesday nights. I hope you do. And uh, what a blessing it is to be able to have a, a crowd like this on a Wednesday night. Uh, of course, we've got a lot of the folks out already, the workers and uh, nurseries and master clubs. And thank you for being faithful. Jeremiah, uh, these last couple chapters here, I would dare say you probably never heard this story uh, when you were in Sunday school. I don't think they made flannel graphs for the story of uh, Gedaliah and Ishmael and Johanan. But nonetheless, I think there's a lot of great and very powerful lessons that we can learn from this story. We said uh, Gedaliah was the governor. Remember Gedaliah, the governor of the remnant left in Judah by Nebuchadnezzar. And some of you didn't know you were, you were in a school class here, but we're going to review, right? Because we're getting ready to pass out the test. This, no, 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 we're not passing out a test. Thank the Lord. Uh, but Gedaliah was the governor. Um, Ishmael was the one who came and assassinated Gedaliah. The tragedy is that Johanan had warned Gedaliah. He said, hey, Ishmael's going to come. He's going to kill you. Gedaliah said, no, he's not. You're a liar. You don't know what you're talking about. And sure enough, it happened. Gedaliah was uh, killed. Those people that were with him were killed. And then Ishmael takes the remnant that were with Gedaliah and he takes them and he's on his way to uh, Ammon, to the country of Ammon. And Johanan comes on the scene and he brings the forces. And remember, we talked about uh, the fact that those folks were in captivity. But then somebody came and rescued them. And we said, that ought to make you happy to know that you've been rescued. Aren't you glad you've been rescued? Anybody else in here been rescued from sin? Am I, okay, I'll make sure I'm not the only one. But boy, that ought, to, that ought to bring rejoice into your heart to know that Jesus Christ rescued us from sin. Then we talked about the fact that they were concerned. They were afraid of the Babylonians. They sought counsel. They said, Jeremiah, show us. What do we need to do? Find out from God. What should we do? And Jeremiah told them, says in verse number 7 of Jeremiah 42, if you notice with me, it says, and it came to pass after 10 days that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. And we said, that takes a, a calm, and that takes a peace, and that takes a trust in God to be able to wait for an answer for 10 days. How many of you are like me? You send a text message, and especially if it's something that you, it's somewhat important, well, you want an answer right now, right now. And so if you don't get an answer, you, you, you call them, right? If you don't get an answer on the phone, you drive to their house, right? You say, what's your problem? I texted you three minutes and 22 seconds ago, and I haven't heard from you, you know? Most of us are not patient. But can I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when you and I can learn to wait on God. Because God's not in a rush. God's not on your schedule. God's not on my schedule. But I certainly want to be on His schedule. I want to wait on him. His plan, his timing is always perfect. And so that's where we ended last week. 
today I'd like to pick up in verse number 11, and I'd like to talk to you about the comfort that God gives. Notice verse number 11 of Jeremiah 42. The Bible says, Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom ye are afraid. Be not afraid of him, saith the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand, and I will show mercies unto you that he may have mercy upon you and cause you to return to your own land. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us and give us what we need from the message tonight and the truths of the word of God. I thank you for the singing. Uh, what a blessing it was to hear that song. Where could I go but to the Lord? I pray that you would bless now in these next few moments and give us exactly uh, the, the things that we need to, to carry with us for this week for the situations that we are facing, for the burdens that we're carrying. I pray you give us the answers tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Number six, if you're taking notes in this uh, series here, number six is the word comfort. You know, we all like to be comfortable. I don't know if you travel very much. Um, I used to, my wife and I, we used to travel all the time when we were in California. We don't travel a whole lot anymore. But when we do travel, we went on a trip back in May and we went to um, my brother's uh, wedding and uh, spent some time with family. But do you notice that when you travel, that even if the hotel where you're staying has 23 pillows in the hotel, in that room, there may be 23 pillows in that hotel. How many of you know none of them are as good as the pillow at home? Have you experienced that? Am I the only one? Okay, good. I'm glad. I used to not be picky. It used to not matter. I used to not even need a pillow. But now I've got a certain pillow. Just It's a certain, it's a certain way that, that it, it rests my head. I'm sure it's all psychological, you know. But you try the hotel pillow and you get that pillow and after about a minute or so, you're like, no, it's, it's, it's too hard. No, no, it's too fat. It's too skinny. It's too this, it's too that. But, but we all have things that make us comfortable. How many of you have at your house, you have a favorite chair, a favorite spot, maybe on the couch, or if you got a love seat or recliner, let me see your hands. How many of you got a favorite spot, okay? You know what? That place, I promise you, it's comfortable. Doesn't have to be brand new. As a matter of fact, if it's brand new, that's actually not good, right? Because then you got to get it broken in. You got to get it just right again. But we all like to be comfortable. Uh, it's funny to me that there are certain clothes or certain shoes that you may get, and they may be the right size on the label, they may be a good quality, but if they're not comfortable, how many of you are like me? You just don't wear it. I mean, it's, it's got to be comfortable. How about this? You're having a rough day, and you just need some comfort food. Can I get a witness on comfort food, all right? Now, my comfort food is not chocolate, but some of you it is. How many of you, that's your comfort food, that's your go-to? You got to have some chocolate, all right? Put your hands down. How many of you, your comfort food, it's not chocolate, but ice cream will hit the spot every time. Anybody like, oh, there we go. All right, good. Now, I, I will eat chocolate. I will eat ice cream, not necessarily my favorite. But for me, I, I'm, I'm addicted. I understand that. It's not right. I'm not proud of it. But for me, it's got to be some coffee. 
That's my comfort food right there. Can I get some amens, all right? You say, well, what about if it's 8.30 at night after church? Duh, then you drink decaf coffee. That's not that hard to figure out, right? But we all have things that make us comfortable. We all, if we're honest, we all like to be in our comfort zone, right? Can I tell you, if, if you've been in this church for, for any length of time, uh, then maybe it's hard to remember, but you go into a new church, you don't know anybody. Can I tell you, it sure helps when people are friendly. Sure helps when people will introduce themselves. People say, hey, you can sit here by me. Hey, we got a spot for you. Hey, you need to know where the nurseries are. You need to know where the classes are. Uh, you need to know where uh, the books are. Hey, let us show you. We'll help you. We'll show you around. It, it, it makes it nice because otherwise it's different. It, it, it's awkward maybe. Maybe if you have a new job. And boy, it's not like the old job. And it's, that's not comfortable like you were before. We all like to be comfortable in this passage, God told his people not to be afraid of the king of Babylon. By the way, they were out of their comfort zone. They were, uh, 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 went through the battle with uh, Nebuchadnezzar and they went through the captivity. Many went through the captivity. The remnant were left. They were then kidnapped by uh, Ishmael and they had been all over the map. But now God says, you don't have to be afraid. God says, although your circumstances have changed, God says in verse number 11, he says, for I am with you to save you. And I want to tell you, no matter what you're going through in life, you can have a comfort zone spiritually when you know that God is with you. When you know that God will never leave you, it may be a new job, it may be a, a, a new house, it may be a new schedule, it may be a new situation, it may be a new set of problems, it may be a new set of responsibilities, but God can give you comfort because He is with you. God says, I'll show mercy. God says, I'll take care of you. God says that He is the one that provides comfort. I want you to hold your place in uh, Jeremiah 42, if you would, and would you turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16, I, I, I was listening as the, the group was singing that song, and they uh, sang the song, and they said in that song, where could I go? Uh, comfort I get from God's own word. Aren't you thankful that God gives us comfort? We like to be comfortable, right? We like to be comforted. We, we don't want to be afraid. We want to have the assurance that God is with us. I'm thankful that God gives us that comfort. Luke chapter 16. You say, well, uh, pastor, why are we in Luke 16 if we're talking about comfort? Notice Luke 16, verse number 23. The Bible talks about the rich man and it says that he was in hell. Can I tell you, there's no comfort in hell. The Bible says in hell that it is fire and it is torment. Uh, it is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in hell. He lift up his eyes being in torments and he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. He said, Hey, in your life, you were comfortable. In your life, you had it made that thou in thy life 
lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is, what's the word? Comforted. Where was Lazarus? Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom, which in the Old Testament, that was the place where uh, the redeemed, the saints, that they went, that was their place of rest. And of course, after Jesus Christ uh, rose again, uh, he led those from Abraham's bosom, those Old Testament saints who had put their faith and trust in Jesus coming in the future. They went to be with Jesus in heaven. That's why Jesus told the thief on the cross, he said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise because Jesus was taking those people with him to be in heaven. And Jesus told his disciples, he said that I'm going to my father. If it were not so, I would have told you. In my father's house are many mansions. So we see number one, as we look at this word comfort, just a few thoughts here. I don't know who needs this tonight, but I hope somebody needs it. I want to say number one, there is comfort in salvation. If you're saved, I got news for you. You are going to be comfortable for all of eternity. The people in this world, they might seem comfortable now, but that comfort is short-lived. That comfort is just for a little tiny flicker of time compared to the prospect of eternity. I want to tell you, you may be having a hard time. I'm looking around the room and I know we've got folks in here, you've got heartaches. There's folks in here, you've got health situations, you've got things that maybe you haven't even made public. There are folks that are watching the service and the reason you're not here tonight is because you can't be here. And this is your comfort zone and this is where you want to be. You want to be in church and you can't be here. I got news for you. For all of eternity, because you're saved, because I'm saved, we're going to have comfort. Praise God for that. He said, now he is comforted but thou art tormented. Number one, there's comfort in salvation. Number two, turn back with me, if you would, to Psalm 119. We have been in this particular psalm for several weeks on Sunday nights, and I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a blessing to me. Psalm 119, verse number 49. David writes in Psalm 119, 49, he says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope for this. Verse 50, for this is my comfort in my affliction. David said, even when I'm going through hard times, even when I'm afflicted, David said this, this right here, this word is my comfort. I want to say number one, not only is there comfort in salvation, but there is comfort in the scriptures. Aren't you glad that we have the Bible? Where would we go if we didn't have the Bible? What would we do in this world if we didn't have the solid foundation of the Word of God? This is our comfort. And David said, even when I'm afflicted, he said, I find comfort in your Word. Would you turn with me, please, to John chapter... See if I can read my writing here. John chapter 14. Does anybody else ever have trouble with reading your own writing? Anybody? All right, good. I'm not the only one. I type my notes, but then I write all these things all around it, and uh, that's what's hard to read. John chapter 14, would you notice with me, verse number 16. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. 
Verse number 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Notice verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Can I tell you, not only is there comfort and salvation, not only is there comfort in the scriptures, but number three, there is comfort in the Holy Spirit of God. And guess what? You have the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you have the Spirit with you forever and ever and ever and ever. And He's with you when you go to work. And the Holy Spirit is with you when you go home. And the Holy Spirit is with you when you go to the hospital. And the Holy Spirit is with you when you go uh, 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 to the office. The Holy Spirit is with you when you're driving down the road. The Holy Spirit is with you when you go to sleep. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. God wanted us to know how good we've got it. He said, I'm going to send a comforter, the Spirit of the living God. I want you to notice, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I feel like I quote this verse all the time, but uh, I think it's because it's uh, what we all need. It's what we're all looking for. It's what we're anticipating. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see in verse 16, the, the rapture. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And I tell you, there is great comfort in the second coming of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus is coming back and he could come tonight. Now, I don't know if that's dawned on you recently, but things are getting worse and worse in this world. I understand that. But can I tell you, even when Paul wrote this to the church at Thessalonica, he said, I want you to know that Jesus is coming back and he's coming and that is comforting to know. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Number six, the word is comfort. Turn back with me, if you would, to Jeremiah 42. Number seven, we see there's a curse. Verses 15 and 16 the Bible says that if you uh, hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your faces to enter into Egypt and go to sojourn there, then it shall come to pass that the sword which ye feared shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. And the famine whereof ye were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt, and there ye shall die. It goes on to say in verse number 17 that nobody will escape. God was telling his people, he said, if you go down into Egypt, if you do not stay in Judah where I have commanded you to stay and I've told you I'll protect you, God says there is judgment. There is a curse if you disobey. It says no matter where you go, you'll not escape. Can I tell you, the presence of God is a wonderful thing when you're right with God. But the presence of God ought to be a fearful thing when you're running from God. You know why? Because you can't get away. David said it like this in a positive way. He said, Lord, whither shall I go from thy presence? Or where shall I flee from thy spirit? 
He said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I, uh, if I make my, uh, my, my, my abode in heaven, behold, thou art there. He said, wherever I go, God, you're there. And I got news for you. There is no place on earth where it's restricted access for God. He can go anywhere he wants. And he's everywhere at the same time. He is omnipresent. And so the curse here was basically, if you don't obey, you're going to be judged and you can run from God, but you can't hide from God. He's going to find you. He's going to know where you are. I think the story of Jonah is a great example of that. Jonah said, I don't have to obey God. I'll run away from God and I'll get away from him and I'll never end up in Nineveh. Well, guess what? As Jonah was being vomited out of a whale onto the shores of Nineveh, he quickly discovered that it would have been a whole lot easier to do it God's way and to obey the first time rather than to try to run from God. Number eight, I want you to see in this passage that the message was very, very clear. Verse number 19, the Lord hath said concerning you, O remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt. Know ye certainly that I have admonished you this day. And he goes on to say, this is what I've told you to do. These are the consequences if you disobey. You have been warned. I, I think I've told you this story before. Sometimes it's, uh, and some of you encourage me. I tell you that I forget things and you say, oh, pastor, it just gets worse the older you get. So thank you for that encouragement. But uh, I, I was reminded of this recently when Brother Caleb and some of our, our guys, Nathan, and our guys were going to the DMV to get their licenses for their, to drive the bus, their CDL. When I was in California, I got my CDL and I didn't have a lot of time to get ready. And so there was a guy that had trained me and this guy that trained me, I mean, he knew it backwards, forwards, inside out. He was the one training all of us to go to get our licenses and he hadn't gone yet, but he had done all everything he could, all the online studies, all the, the, the pre-tests and all the sample tests and all that. So myself and my friend of mine, we went together. He was the one that trained me and we went to get our, our license uh, for the CDL. And uh, we, we go through the, the pre-trip and um, because there were two of us, I wasn't sure how the instructor wanted us to do it. And so a couple times I asked the instructor a question. I said, now, do you want me to explain it like this or give me explain this first? And I don't know if he was having a bad day or what, but he just went off on me. And uh, he was a, 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 a shorter uh, Chinese uh, gentleman. His English was good, but he was a shorter Chinese gentleman. His name was Butch. And uh, I just, it was something about that name. I just, it wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know if that was a nickname or what, but he told me that was on his name tag, Butch. And uh, uh, I asked him a couple questions and he just, he kind of lost it with me. He said, Jeremy, and he said my name just like that. He said, Jeremy, this is not Butch's test. This is Jeremy's test. He said, this is not Butch's and Jeremy's test. This is Jeremy's test. And by the way, we hadn't even started the test. This was just me just kind of asking him like, how's it going and how do you want me to do it? And he got to the end and I'll never forget these words. He said, do I make myself clear? I'm like, yeah, crystal clear. 
sorry I asked. And sorry, I'm going to have to come back and take this test again. And miraculously enough, I passed. I don't know if he felt bad. He thought, man, I, you know, lost it with that guy. So at least we can let him pass. But he let me pass. But I've never forgotten that. It was just, it was so funny to me. I was just getting blasted by this guy at the DMV and, uh, in California. But, um, but anyway, I'll say all that to say that he got to a point where he made himself very clear. I didn't have any more questions after that. And I want to tell you, sometimes I feel like that God has made things so clear. Sometimes I wonder, I mean, how could God make things any clearer? I mean, he's given us his word. And you know what's amazing is there's so many of the principles and truths of the Bible that are repeated over and over and over again, and yet sometimes we still don't want to listen. Sometimes we still don't want to just obey, and that's really where the rubber meets the road. It's not that we don't know. It's that we don't want to yield and submit to God's way. I want to tell you, God, and I'm thankful, but God has made himself very clear. He's given us his word. And if we don't read it, it's not God's fault. If we don't study it, it's not God's fault. If we don't obey it, again, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. And I want to encourage us today to get in the Word. Lastly, we'll see in chapter 43, verse number 2, it says, Then spake Azariah, the son of Hoshaiah, and Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the proud men. Oh, that's a giveaway, isn't it? Jeremiah said, this is what God said. You better do it. And if you don't do it, there's consequences. And God's made himself crystal clear. In verse 43, all the proud men, they said to Jeremiah, thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, go not into Egypt to sojourn there. Verse number four, so Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces and all the people, they obeyed not the voice of the Lord to dwell in the land of Judah. Notice verse 7. So they came into the land of Egypt. They weren't supposed to do that. God said, don't go there. There's judgment. There's a curse. You're not going to escape. It's going to end poorly for you if you go to Egypt. So they came into the land of Egypt, verse 7, for they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. The conclusion is this. The conclusion is that they did not obey. I wonder what will be the conclusion of our story. I wonder what will be the conclusion of our life. And I tell you, I'd like to have my life end by people saying, there's a man, he was a long way from perfect, he sure didn't have it all figured out, but he obeyed God. He did what God told him to do. That's how I'd like my story to end. And I hope you would say the same for yourself. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.